Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. We're in the beverage space today. You're going to learn all about a company called Fast Penny Spirits. Fast Penny spirits and i'm so excited the founders on today jamie hunt you're gonna love her jamie it's so great to have you on the podcast it's so great to be on the podcast thank you i know i'm excited you're here did you know we both like we have a lot of similarities in our past like consulting ey you were avanade i mean like there's a lot of little similarities really cool and then you're here as a founder i can't even wait to dive into that so um and it's great to have you. So let's do this. How about share with our audience a little bit about what you were doing? Because you weren't like in the food and beverage space before you launched your business a couple of years, five years ago. So talk about um, a little bit of your background with our audience. Yeah. So I um, was in like digital and consulting for about 20 years. So really focused on user experience, design, strategy, and innovation work. And so worked with all different types of companies from, you know, food and beverage to gas companies, to (laughs) banks, to healthcare, you name it. And that's the best thing about consulting, right? That's one of the my, the favorite parts of my experience in my background. Like when I started in in out of college, I started at EY, and it was like all kinds of different customers and different industries, and it was just the best training and the best experience. And then I did some more of it later, and you did that quite a bit in your career. So okay, so you're 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 at EY back in 2020, and then you decide I'm going to start the side hustle called Fast Penny Spirits. So tell us about that. I actually started it before I was even at uh, EY. Wow. Okay. I started it in August of 2017. It took me uh, about two and a half years to create the recipes. So it was my side hustle as I was working at EY. Um, So I had my big full-time job. And then I have my side hustle. Um, And so um, when the pandemic hit in March, or well, when the pandemic hit, I kind of reevaluated what I wanted to do in life, as a lot of us did at the time and maybe are still doing. Um, And uh, I knew I was getting ready to launch in July of 2020. And so in March of 2020, I resigned. Wow, amazing. Okay. So, and what a great, and we've had so many um, guests on that have talked about, you know, I was doing this day job, amazing role, whatnot, big company. And I was starting this thing, you know, I was testing it out, learning from it. Like, is, is that what you were doing? And by the way, uh, Fast Money Experience is a distillery in Seattle focused on creating high, high quality MRO using organic and wildcrafted ingredients under the American brand. Um, so talk about like, how did you, how did you do that? And why did you get started with a side hustle in that space? Well, I knew I wanted to start my own business again. I, you know, I had been in consulting for over 20 years and while I enjoyed it, I was ready for my next chapter. And um and so I really thought I'd be at EY a lot longer uh, to be honest, um but you know, the pandemic kind of changed all that for me. Um but yeah, I wanted to do something I was passionate about. I wanted to do something where I could give back to the community in a larger way than I could as an individual. And um, so when I was sipping my after dinner Amaro at a local bar, um, I just started asking about American Made Amari. Um, 
And, you know, I fell in love with uh, Amaro in my 20s when traveling through Italy. My background, I'm a Sicilian heritage. Um, and so my family for generations has made their own liqueurs and, and um, wine wow. and so forth. Okay. So you have some background. That's awesome that, that you had some of that in your family. Yeah, well, I and so it didn't seem as scary. No, they didn't give me the right. recipe because then it would have taken me a lot less time to go to market. But um, so I had to figure that out all on my own. But yeah. All right. So you decide, you know what? I, I want to do my own thing. How did you decide it was going to be Amaro? Like, what was it about that segment of the beverage space? Um, well, first off, I have a passion for Amaro. Um, I would go to different um, towns in Italy and um, grab an Amaro because it's very different depending on where you are in in the country. Um, and so I had that. And then, I, you know, I researched um, Amaro after that um, little stint at the bar and decided, you know what, this is something I'm super passionate about. Um, it's a really interesting product. It's a it's kind of a better for you. It's not you can never say alcohol is great, but um by using organic ingredients, by using wildcrafted ingredients and all high quality ingredients, you're able to put stuff in your body that's better than um, a lot of um, spirits or a lot of beverages you might put in your body. So we were really conscious of just what we put together and how we sourced everything. Makes sense. So you decide I'm going to start. You like the space. It's good to be passionate about the brand or the product, obviously. So how did you go from, I think this is it, to actually making and creating and bottling and like how, how did you figure that out so i uh i it, this was all self-taught so i read a lot i read everything i could get my hands on um i experimented with different recipes um brad thomas parsons has a great book called amaro i made every recipe that he had in there those are much simpler than the recipe that we, recipes that we are we're doing now but <laughs> sure. they're great for a home you know home absolutely yeah, so that's um so I started doing that and I started experimenting on my own and I decided, you know, this is something that I can do. I and, you know, I can do this for a living at some point, right? And so did you have to then find like cuz who does the bottling? Who does the labeling? Who you know, who creates yeah. saleable product? Like you hadn't done that before, right? I hadn't. So there's a few things I did. I went um, to uh, tour different Amaro distilleries in Italy just to get a feel for how those were done, because what I really wanted to do was kind of mix a little Italian with American and create some Love that. really complex Um but super approachable. Um, I then also reached out to anyone that would take my call, which fortunately in the distillery business, there's a lot. It's a very community-oriented business, which is super lovely. Not as competitive as one might think. Of course, there are those folks that are. But for the most part, I would just ask a bunch of questions and people would answer and I'd get my next... my next uh, challenge or obstacle solved and, and I just move forward day by day. I always say I take it one day at a time because if I looked at it as a whole, it would overwhelm me into paralyzation. <laughs> like I would have been sure. totally paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, that's a big pro it's, you know, and you got your big day job. I mean, this is not small change doing big time consulting. Um, So talk about then at, at what point did, was there 
did you have product that you thought was saleable that tasted good that you know you, you were proud of like how long did that take from initial idea to getting something like that in hand it it took two and a half years um i started with just tincturing over a hundred botanicals individually and then and, um, I started blending those in microtrials, adding others to it, and really just kind of plotting it out in Excel spreadsheet, making sure it was um, uh, balanced uh, as well. So I used a few things like the flavor Bible. I used a gin wheel. I used a wine wheel. Just kind of plot out the ingredients. And I used my taste buds and other people's taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's great. That's a good way to do it to make sure that it's like, Right. People, something people would buy. Okay. So then, um, when did you start selling and through route to market? Was it direct to consumer? Did you, you know, three tier model for alcoholic beverage? We've talked about a lot on this podcast, but like, how did you approach that? Yeah. So I started selling in July of 2020. Um, my initial uh, thought was we were going to launch like any new spirits brand you launch in restaurants and bars, get, get, a little buzz. Um, you launch with a distributor uh, and so forth. Well, none of that was really available at that time. So um, we just shifted our strategy and we went, um, you know, we launched with an online commerce um, site. So um, and opened up, um, it was at first curbside pickup, but opened up a, a loading dock that we had um, for people wow. to, to get. <laughs> Love it. And, and then self-distributed. We just went around and told people. Most of the time, we couldn't even get sample appointments. We just had to leave our bottles and a little literature and maybe like say a couple of words. But they, you know, it was very, very limited uh, wow. in 2020. And so you're, you're kind of off and running then. But I mean, it was a lot of legwork and detail. Was there a first win or like when did you know it was starting to get some momentum beyond just like all of the you trying to get product in market? There were a few things. One, um, we got golds for both products at uh, San Francisco International Competition and the Denver International Competition. Um, so those were a nice boost. Um, we also got named um, the um, oh in the top 100 for wine enthusiasts for our Marcano Rosa. And so th that was all. Those were all good signs. And then when I was able to convince whole foods and total wine and more to pick us up in addition that felt like okay now huge. yeah it's huge and so do you know you're in consumer at that point or are you purely getting product in the market and going off of sales volumes you know what i mean Oh, totally. Well, because we had to start in the pandemic, we really got to know our customers well. Got it. Um, both both direct to consumer customers and our business to business customers. So we got a lot of good feedback. Um, we produced different content for them um, that could help them sell it better um, and help us sell better. And then eventually, once we could could get distributors, we provided all that information to our distributors. And we're still very hands-on in each of our markets uh, with various accounts going there. Um, we have sales reps in various um, markets as well. So yeah, it's really- Okay. So you, you mentioned some other people now, So, but it was just you, right? So when did it become more than just you? Well, I actually, I had a partner early on and she really helped launch the business um, with me. She was a former co-founder of another um, spirits company. So that really helped kind of get Got all it. the legal agreements and all of that stuff together and just get us off the ground. Um, but so, yeah, it was the two of us um, for um, almost a year after we launched. And then we brought on a salesperson 
in Washington first. Got it. Okay. And talk about product for a minute. So you've got the Americano Bianca and you've got the Americano. So talk about the two. Give our audience a sense for the two of them if they haven't seen yet your website and your the product yet. Yeah, yeah. So first off, um, for those that don't know, Amaro is uh, Italian bittersweet liqueur. Um, and Amaro just means bitter in Italian. Um, and our uh, we have two varieties. Our Marcano, uh, which we're now calling Marcano Rosa, um, is our Digestivo. And that is um, has notes of like Mexican chocolate, black truffle that's forged by dogs in the Pacific Northwest. It has rainier cherries in it, also a Pacific Northwest product. Um, and um, really great in sip neat after dinner, but also great in lots of cocktails like, you know, a Black Manhattan, a Boulevardier, uh, Spritz, a Spalliato. Um, Yum. Yeah. <laughs> Those all sound amazing. And then we have our Maracano Bianca, and that is more, uh, it's a, li- a little lighter, more uh, candy lemon floral. Um, there's saffron that you can taste in there, and that comes from Washington State, which is really cool. So we tried to use a lot of regional ingredients in addition to the amazing ones from around the world to create our product. Um, and that one all goes well in lots of different cocktails. It, it's a great substitute for yellow chartreuse in, in like if you do a bijou or a um, last word, um, but also spritzes nicely, is tasty on its own. There's a lot of versatility with both. It's really cool. I love the packaging, by the way. Really nice work. Um, do you continue to add on or is the focus right now get product to more and more places and market and build the brand? What does that look like? Yeah, it's kind of two prong. Um, we're we're not gonna, we're not looking to build a huge portfolio of Amaro products, um, but we do um, love to collaborate. So we have some limited releases where we've aged in different casks, whether it's wine casks or whiskey casks. We have one right now that we uh, just released, which was done in um, peated casks. So it, yeah, it's really pretty interesting. Pretty Who fun. knew. And like bartenders, that might be one of the bartenders' favorites um, because it's oh, that's cool. Um, But yeah, so doing that, and then you know, we brought on five distributors last year, and so we're really just this year kind of doubling down on the markets we're in, and really making sure we have the right representation and accounts, and give uh, those markets enough support. That's that's where I was going next. So you talked about distributors. Um, we talked about the model, uh, distribution model. And what are the keys to getting in with those distributors? As you were talking to them, what were some of the, you know, factors that they considered to, bringing you on? Um, they obviously need. Uh, they have to have a place in their portfolio where it fits. I mean, if they have too many Amari or too many Amari that seem similar, um, then you don't have a shot. Um, and so that's one thing. Just put portfolio mix. Having um, a good story to tell. Having a obviously a really great product um, because you know no one will take you on before they taste it. I hope. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, also, you know, word of mouth and recommendations. Like some of our distributors came to us through others um, recommending us to them. Um, some of them found us because of different awards we won. Um, so, got it. it. I like how you built Amari into the name. By the way, it makes it so that it's a no-brainer what it is. I know it yeah. sounds like weird, but you know what I mean. Like it's 
it is what it is. Like, thank you. People, thank you. That's yeah. very, very smart and good marketing. Um, what about marketing? How important is it? How do you build like brand awareness with with uh, you know individuals and people shopping and and testing out or even looking at kind of they get they're in their routine. You know what I mean? How do you break that yeah. or get your product product in front of them? So we've done a lot of things. Um, some work better than others and some work better at different times than others. But we did a lot of social media and uh, social ads in the very beginning. And that worked pretty well for us to get our name out. Um, we did a lot of award submissions that also helped get our name out there. Um, we built, we've been building our newsletter and our subscriber base. And so we can always communicate with really engaged um, folks there. Um, yeah. And then going to events and having events, collaborating with different folks. Like I said, we collaborated with a winery and so we were able to cross promote across our customers. We collaborated with, uh, um, a, a whiskey provider and we were able to collaborate across that, um, mix too. And then we did a, like a limb, a, a collaboration with a cidery and we have this beautiful, it tastes like a Negroni in a can. Mm, yum. And, yeah, it's delicious. And so like, it's just doing all of those kind of things. And we also, another th way that we kind of lifted our brand, at least locally, and then it, it tended to radiate a little bit more from Washington from there is like um, bringing in different food vendors, different makers and stuff into the distillery and giving them a space to um, sell and also get access to our customers and we get access to theirs. So it's been great. From that perspective. I love that. Really cool. I uh, love hearing how different brands take a, an approach to market. Um, you've been at this now for a, a number of years, uh, five plus, and you've had lots of lessons learned. And we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that listen. What would be two or three things you'd offer to them in terms of things you've learned or you know, coaching you'd offer to them in terms of launching and building a brand? Boy, I, well, obviously marketing is really important. The one thing I didn't mention is I also brought a PR team on um, fairly quickly. And so that was really helpful as well. Um, and I have a social media mar uh, manager that I brought on pretty early because um, I'm not the greatest at that. So <laughs> I, would, I would recommend definitely doing that PR team, get your social media in line because that's how your word's going to um, spread a little bit um, farther. Um, collaborating with like-minded brands. We have a big give back program um, that was built in from the very beginning. And that's really helped elevate our brand and bring in others that care more. They want to like, they want to buy um, per their values. And so that's helped us in many ways. Also even getting investors. Um, so I think the investor group that we have, the customers that we have are all super lovely and engaged and want to help see us do better so we can give back more as well. Yeah, that's great. How um, helpful was your consulting background, you know, in, in, in terms of just the things you learned, the skill sets, the kind of core training you get in consulting? Has that been helpful for you as you've launched this brand? Oh, extremely helpful. I use it a lot. Um, you know, I used to help companies, uh, both large and small, and we're talking like large, like Fortune 500 large. Um, and um, I would help them with their digital strategy. How do you market digitally? Um, what should the experience be? Um, and so that's really helped a lot. And then I'd run them through, I'm a design thinking practitioner. I was certified by Luma. And so I would run them through innovation experts 
exercises. We use that on ourselves as well. Um, not as much as I would like to, because <laughs> we're doing all the other things. You asked about sure. bottling and all of that. We bottle it all ourselves. With wow, our amazing. That's really, really cool. Okay, and then the the background on the name Fast Penny. Where did that come from? So that came from, um, uh, well, drinking wine in this great little wine bar um, not far away from us. And I was there with some friends and my friend said, hey, I just joined this uh, class, this burlesque class. You should join. And I was like, that sounds like fun. I thought it was exercise. And I was like, that sounds like fun. And so we went and we realized it was for creating professional burlesque dancers. And um, <laughs> right. And like you have that moment where you're you're it's like deer in the headlights where your heart's beating really hard and you're like do I do this do I do this and I believe in Eleanor Roosevelt's quote of do something scary every day and so I was like this is scary and I think it would be fun and so <laughs> I love it. it I did it for about three years and my stage name was Veloce Von Perla and Veloce means fast in Italian and her stage name was Santine Bijou and Santine is Penny in French and when we would wow. when we would perform together we were fast Penny oh, that's great <laughs> I love it so fun uh, very very cool um, all right. This has been so cool. I'm excited for you. Excited for the brand. Uh, very cool and exciting what you've got going on and the direction you're heading. you got lots of upside and growth in front of you. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, um, buy product, etc. Yeah. So uh, you can go on our Instagram. We have at Fast Penny uh, Spirits and we also have at Amaro Marcano. And then personally, I'm at Jamie A. Hunt 70 if you want to get a hold of me. Um, and then we have our website uh, at fastpennyspirits.com and you can buy direct from us or you can buy in one of the states that we're in. It's awesome. Jamie Hunt, founder and CEO, Fast Penny Spirits. You got to check it out. Um, great product and excited for you. Like I said, you got to come back on as, as you keep the growth happening. I'm sure you'll have some incredible stories for us down the road. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional Contender Cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>